Welcome to You Gotta Have Faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11th chapter 1st verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance in things hoped for and evidence in things not seen. One playwright writes that it's believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's a belief when no one else believes. Dr. King says if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind, the goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there is goodness in all of us. There is goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. And it is uh, the 26th of May. I'm Reg Clay with Deb and uh, Craig. We have everybody back here. Yay, Everybody's good back. morning. Good morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for yeah. putting up with me being away. That's okay. It's all right. I'm going to be away Texas for a couple and, weeks. And, now, so. and Deb will be in Texas, <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. So everyone's visiting family. I'm really, so. really glad to see you guys both today. I know, I know. Good to see you. It's good to see yeah. you, too. Thank you. I will um, open us up in prayer. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together once again on this wonderful Saturday morning, a bit of a cold Saturday morning. We ask that you bless us as we go into your word and uh, help bind us through the word and help bind those who are listening to us through the word. We go through the word because we want to connect with you. We want to uh, spread your word. We want to be touched by you, Jesus. Uh, We want to uh, let everyone know how wonderful and how glorious your name is. And how wonderful it is to 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 be in your light. And we ask that everyone who listens to this podcast and who listens to the words that are from the Bible are touched by you and uh, that we draw ourselves closer to you. In Jesus name we pray. Oh, Amen. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 <laughs> Sweet. Oh, so I'm trying to put a little mustard in my prayers. No, no, no. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I love it. Man. Yeah. I love it. So. Um, Craig, you brought the uh, scri- uh, these scriptures uh, to us. We're going to be focusing on Isaiah. Yeah, we're going. O- we're going OT. That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Old Testament. Some, yeah, OT. You know, you know, there was some kind of controversy. I think, uh, I think I mentioned this a while back that mm-hmm. uh, some of the some of the dioceses in the Episcopal faith wanted to kind of like get rid of, you know, preaching from the Old Testament. That's right. You talked about that. about what people thought about that. <clears throat> yeah. I think that's silly. Mm-hmm. I think we should have more resources, not less. Yeah. You know? We should. You know, I think, I th- I think the, I love, I love that we're focusing on the word of God and we're kind of, you know, trying to, trying to pick things that are, you know, ubiquitous to everyone who listens, no matter what kind of, you know, faith-based or, you know, belief system they have. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, um, but I think I think I think it's really I think it's really good to, you know, have as many avenues towards understanding absolutely mm-hmm. understanding this stuff because yeah. you know we live our lives not you know, you know where we're well we hope to live our lives open to all kinds of people and ideas and yeah and so forth and all, and of course Jesus he references the Old Testament I mean that's where he's getting this Bible I mean the the his 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 preachings from yeah and it, it um, was a foundation for this yeah. yeah now there are a lot of there are a lot of i'll say squicky things in the old testament you know like there are folks who justify racism mm-hmm. you know based on the old testament or you know uh, we were talking about Meghan markle's uh, wedding mm-hmm. and how there's a history of the man giving the woman away yeah the, 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 in, the, in the, the old anglican church the old uh, matrimony ceremony which is not what they did 
You know, they did the new one, but in the old one, the the father gave away the the daughter like property. Well, they actually exchanged property. They <laughs> gave he gave the daughter, and the groom gave the gave, dowry or something. Gave goats or whatever sheep. Nevertheless, gold. It was sort of a financial <laughs> agreement. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's the value of a woman. It huh? was a financial agreement. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So we're we, well. We're going to read today something that may, uh, you know, you were, you were talking about how a lot of people think Christianity is, uh, you know, kind of a lot of hocus pocus and and, and weird stuff and well, not, you know and, yeah yeah and, and stuff you know why do, why do, why do we read this why do we you know how can we take this literally? Well, there are folks who believe that. I mean, not necessarily. Yeah, me, but yeah I know. But yeah. No, well, we're going to we're going to delve into a little bit of scripture that. Be prepared to be dazzled. In a <laughs> Isaiah the prophet, right? Isaiah the poet. Isaiah mm-hmm. the poet. He Isaiah was, the prophet. Isaiah the dreamer. And who politician. Saw, who saw visions. Yes. And yep. this is one of his visions. So when Isaiah was active, I guess is the word, um, it was a time of Israel where they were, they were, there was a boon. There, every, you know, there was food. People had land. Mm-hmm. You know. They were abusing their wealth, kind of like we are today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, they they were not as close to God as they had been in the past. The, the Israel, um, and so some of the things he said about Christianity and God were a little harsh, um, and people didn't like that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, so this is Isaiah sixth chapter. Are we uh, hitting? Are we going from one to nine? The focus, uh, I think, uh, and, and, and I think we can have plenty to do, but it's uh, Isaiah chapter 6, 1 through 8. Yeah, 1 through 8. We, Got it. we can go further, but uh, I think 1 through 8 kind of like gives us probably enough okay. fodder. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Are you, yeah, will you read it? Um, I'd, 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 I like you guys' version better, so. Oh, okay. Uh, if, if I'll, I'll go ahead and read it. Okay. The one I've got is not quite as. Yeah. <laughs> this is the uh, NIV version of Isaiah 6, chapter, verses 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my hands have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongues from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. And there you go. Chills. <laughs> I actually I did. I was texting uh, you guys today to, or last mm-hmm. this past week to tell you about like, you know, 
what what I wanted to focus on this week, and uh, I said it's a freaky little Indiana Jones type dream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It immediately reminded me uh, when I was at Metropolitan Baptist Church, we sang a song that was based on Isaiah six mm-hmm. uh, eight. Holy, holy, oh, the song. And here yeah. it is. I'll just play a little bit of it. Jersey Mass Choir. Song is called "I Want to Know What Love Is," or well, "Here I Am." That's the name of the um, the album. I mean, oh, okay. that's the, the record, the the whole album. Oh, I see, I see. The song is called "The Harvest Is Ripe," which the I think is from is another ripe. verse. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've always known it as "Use Me for Your Service." But hit, yeah, but hit, what hit you was like, "Send send me to do." Yeah, hear my Lord, send mm-hmm. me, and I was like, "Wow, where have I heard that before?" Yeah, and even you know the uh, the verse, the guy saying, "Hear the voice of the Lord." Mm-hmm. Uh, saying who will come today, and basically that's what this verse is saying. Mm-hmm. That's what the seraphim is saying. You were talking about the 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 the, the Hebrew people during the time of Isaiah, yeah. earlier Deb, and yeah. uh, they were pretty comfortable. Well, it uh, compared to the past. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I asked I asked Father Justin when we were working on this uh, this week. I said when we were reading it, this is the second time in the past week that this verse has come up. Uh, oh. While I was in Texas, I went to my very first ordination. Of a priest. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was, I've never been to a service like that. And they do it like a, a regular mass, except the bishop is there and, you know, and there's this kind of like baptism with the priest in a way, you know, like, do you agree to do serve yeah. God and, and, and seek what is holy and try to try to do a good job? And then all the people kind of, he goes to, do you agree to support this man? And, you know, and, 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 and the things he's, he's trying to do. And, you know, we all like, yes, we will, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But anyway, this verse came up, and I thought, what, why? This is kind of a weird verse. I mean, why are they using it? But I, I don't know. I mean, it was just one of the lessons. And then I go Wednesday to kind of like oh, find out what you know what the curriculum is for this week, and it's like here it is again, the strange little prophecy. And then I started thinking about uh, another verse in the Bible where uh, I forget exactly where it is. By the way, we're in Pentecost now. Easter's over. Right. We're in this. I like Pentecost. It's probably the only uh, religious holiday that Hallmark hasn't found yet. <laughs> you know, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's a card somewhere. <laughs> Happy Pentecost, everyone. But Pentecost is uh, the uh, I think denotes the delivery of the Holy Spirit to the mm-hmm. to the apostles, and in a way, this uh, this verse um, goes through the the kind of Holy Trinity in a way there's the Lord, there's the, the Holy spirit, which I guess are represented by the seraphim, the, the, the moth people <laughs> flying around. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, and then there is the word, the actual word of God that Isaiah is, is talking about. And we all know that this is before Christ, that when Christ entered the world, he was the word. And he said, I am the word. I'm, I'm all these words. I represent all these words, 
And I come in conjunction with my Father and the Holy Spirit. So what we get here is kind of the very first kind of incarnation of the of the Holy Trinity, which we now use in uh, in our regular faith, our Christian faith, faith today. Yeah. And I, it reminded me of another verse uh, somewhere earlier, and we, we should find it. Yeah. Somebody, somebody listening will find it. But the, but they said like young men will have visions. I have it right here. Old men will have dreams, and and yeah. women and men will prophecy. This is Acts second chapter. Oh, we're back in verse seventeen. Acts anyway. <laughs> I think you need to turn your mic up a little or something. Um, there, that's better. Yeah, okay, that's fine. In the last days, God says, this is uh, Acts 2nd chapter, 17th verse. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Is that what you were talking about, mm-hmm. Craig? Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting that uh, because in Acts, because when we look at Isaiah 6, it reminds me so much of the Holy Spirit. Well, Which yeah. is exactly what happened in the book of Acts when yeah. Peter is talking and the Holy Spirit fills the church. Mm-hmm. Which happens in Acts 1, just immediately before what, what I'm reading right yeah, now. And then there's this purification with fire again, Yeah, too, on with, his mouth. On his mouth. <laughs> Which is right. interesting. I don't know. I would freak out if some moth person put a flame on my mouth, but... I'm not Isaiah. I would freak yeah. out if, mom, if, <laughs> if angels appeared. It, like, exactly. it wouldn't have With to get that planes. far no, just the for moth, me to freak out. The moth people alone, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what is interesting here is not only not only is the uh, – unlike, you know – the life of Christ where he, he comes and I was talking about Reg with this at breakfast mm-hmm. uh, unlike you know Christ teaching where he's coming at you with love and forgiveness and he- heaven here on earth and as earth on earth as it is in heaven type thing and you know there's this very positive reaching message towards people here um, this is just a pro- proscription for how to live how to worship I think mm-hmm. get in line I mean get, like know, get your act together. I mean, the first yep. thing Isaiah says is like, look, I have unclean lips. I am, I am no good. Mm-hmm. And then he says, and, and everybody around me, this, this stinking crap world, it's just as bad as me mm-hmm. or worse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a kind of a confession. Yeah. And, uh, and then, then he's touched with the hot ember and the, the seraphim or angel or Holy Spirit or whatever mm-hmm. says like, you're forgiven. Yeah. And so then the very next thing is, after that is, you know, I mean, it goes in that progression. It goes from... Uh, Who shall I send? Who will go for me? Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it goes right from there to service. Yep. Right to service. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's sort of a process. It's sort of a, a practice, I think. I think that's why Isaiah is telling him, this is, this is the practice you... You confess your sin, you're forgiven your sin, and that doesn't that doesn't mean anything stops. That is the jumping point for where you go and work for mm-hmm. you know work for the the good of God. Yeah. It's, it's a precursor to to Jesus. I mean, it's mm-hmm. you know we haven't even gotten into no. um, you know baptizing yourself and you know <clears throat> you know killing all of your sins or you know killing yourself from the word. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, from the world and entering into the word. Mm-hmm. This is a precursor to to this. You know, the seraphim is basically doing what Jesus would do, you know, several years later. You know, Jesus Jesus tightened it up a little bit, but yeah, the the idea the idea is kind of the same. You know, they asked the Pharisees asked him what what's the most important commandment, and he goes, well, you know, love God. Yeah, 
That's but, a, that's, that's a, and he goes, and there's another second important one too. <clears throat> Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. These are the. We haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, but in these, the Old Testament. These but, are the yeah. you know, but these are the things that that you do, so that you have the ability to serve. You have the ability to to start helping one another. Yeah, and yeah. it echoes um, getting into today's events. Uh, Bishop um, Curry, Michael Curry, is that the guy's name? Yes, Michael yes. Curry, mm-hmm. who uh, presided over uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's wedding. Um, he gave a speech later on. Um, we'll talk about the Reclaiming Jesus movement, which is um, mm-hmm. on Thursday there was a march that happened with evangelicals marching to the White House to um, to sort of reassert their belief in Jesus Christ, separating themselves from what I'm going to call the religious right. Yeah. But he talks. But Curry talks about that. Where what is the one commandment? Yeah, love, love, love your neighbor. Yeah, yeah, the golden rule. Yeah, yeah. And we're not seeing that in some of these um, conservative religious groups. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There, there's a bit of a um, I don't want to call it a war, but there's a bit of a spiritual evangelical war going on between I think the religious right and what I'm going to call the religious left. And uh, it was very moving to see what happened. On Thursday, which was not reported by the news at all. I mean, if people are surprised, what? There was a march on Washington. I didn't see it on CNN. It happened. Yeah. You know, thousands of evangelicals marched on the White House silently mm-hmm. to reassert their faith in God and the inclusivity of God to bring all people uh, together. Well, if, if we don't realize that we're in a world of crisis right now, then you're not looking. Mm-hmm. No. I mean, right. you, know, I mean you, you know, it's it's here. And yes, we need prayers. We need to pray. Mm-hmm. I mean, every day we need to pray. I, I'm not. I'm not saying we don't. But people, we need more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, we need much more than prayer. We need action. I don't know what those actions are. Mm-hmm. But but if you don't believe that you know, shit's going down and, and and we need to do something, you're not paying attention. And this has nothing to do. I think. Father Curry was saying, or Bishop Curry was saying, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this is not a liberal thing. This is not a yeah. conservative thing. This is not a demo- Democrat thing. This is not a Republican thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's beyond that. Yeah. It's beyond that. It's it, it's a help your neighbor, love your enemy thing. Stop drawing fences around each other. Yeah. Right. Matt, I'll, I'll play the other uh, clip. I have the clip right here. Yeah. I'll just do it real quick, and then we'll jump back into uh, oh, what we're curry. Doing. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, worth. And this worth is from Thursday, not from the wedding. Exactly. This is worth hearing, man. This is what they did on Pentecost. This is a Pentecostal moment. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. It's a procession of Christian people. This is what they did on Pentecost. This is a Pentecostal moment. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. Just a little bit more. And we and we are committed to following the way, way of Jesus. That when when that lawyer asked Jesus what is the greatest in the law of Moses, Jesus answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. This is the first and great commandment. But the second is just like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, love your neighbor. That's why we're here. Love your neighbor. 
Love the neighbor you like and the neighbor you don't like. Love the neighbor you agree with and the neighbor you don't agree with. Love your Democrat neighbor, your Republican neighbor. Amen, your man. black neighbor, <laughs> your white neighbor, your Anglo neighbor, your Latino, your LGBTQ neighbor. Love your neighbor. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's exciting, man. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's real worship, and I think that's yeah. That's that's what I'm kind of getting from that. It's like, you know, we need people to teach us and instruct us how to worship because mm-hmm. we've got to be able to do that together. Yep. You know. Yep. I mean, and we need not be afraid of doing it. You know, people exactly need to, right. People need to feel free to gather. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they need to feel free, you know, to, in praising and confessing. In listening, in praying, in responding to others. I mean, we we need that community now. Yeah. Right now. And to jump back into Isaiah 6, what struck me about this verse is the immediacy of it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't procrastinate. He's like, well, I don't know if I can. I mean, even Moses, when he he, he was in front of the burning bush, he was like, well, I don't know if I'm the right person for this. No, I mean, Moses, you know, he said, I, I, I don't talk so good. <laughs> the reluctant <laughs> heroes of the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Even yet, Jesus was reluctant. He yeah, was no, afraid. And nobody, nobody yeah. had the skills right. or believed they did. Yeah. yeah. You know? But yeah. Isaiah, okay, he says, woe on me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. Yeah. And then the seraphim touches him, his lips with the uh, coal, and he hears the voice of the Lord. Who shall I send? Without any hesitancy, here am I. Send me. I'm, yeah. I'm struck by that that mm-hmm. cleansing as well. Like, yeah. why did he touch him on the lips? Why coal? Sometimes seraphim mm-hmm. in the translation is a bright light mm-hmm. instead of an angel or a seraphim. Yeah. And so to me that it's kind of like all of it is very, uh, fire cleansing. Yeah. yeah the purification. Um, yeah. Of fire. And yeah. I think, um, also it, it, in a way, I mean, obviously we can't sit here and say that, you know, I, Isaiah's vision is going to be our vision, mm-hmm. but I think what he's trying to impart in us is that the forgiveness of God is that vibrant. It's that powerful and visceral, like like something burned. Yeah, know? you know. I mean, that that's yeah. to me. That's what I get. It, mm-hmm. it is dramatic. It's, yeah, it's a it's a like it's a freaky dream, and with a lot of you a lot know, of wild stuff. Yeah, you know, it's interesting but. the analogy of fire because I think when a lot of um, Christians, especially young Christians, think of fire, they think of hell mm-hmm. because well, yeah. that's where you go fire and brimstone and you burn into eternity <laughs> yeah. and the altar. But when, I, when you think of fire, it's a way of puring things. I mean, if, if you, let's say if you have water, mm-hmm. how do you purify the water? You boil right. it. Well, but uh, also in that time, I mean, mm-hmm. there, yeah. there are a history of burning things yeah. in, order to purify. in order to purify them. And, I and mean, to make metal back then. Yeah. You That's had, what I was going to mention you, that. You had to, you had to yeah. heat the metal. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of interesting. You know, we talk about in Pentecost where the, fl- the tongues of flame were on yeah. top of it. Back then, in order to carry... Um, the molten metal, they couldn't carry it like this in a bowl in front of them. I'm, I'm like, you know, like putting it up to my chest. Yeah. Burn their face off. Yeah. What they did is they had this bowl with the molten metal, and they put it on their heads. Interesting. And they'd walk to the forge, and back and forth to the forge like that. Yeah. And so there was these flames leaping out of their head, literally. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so that. this kind of idea of, of, of a flame, of purification, of all that is was something that I think 
everyday people back then yeah. understood. Yeah. You know, as a metaphor, and, but also as something, you know, yeah. they, that was in their daily lives. When they would, you know, you know burn, the, burn the chaff. Mm-hmm. After the harvest, it yeah. was order to purify the land and you yeah. know get it ready for the next. Uh, and also think about a sword, know. like you know you put a sword to in the fire mm-hmm. as a tool to temper it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if we are you know put in through the fire, we use as tools for God mm-hmm. to go out into the world. The the other thing that I thought was interesting and and not to be overlooked is is when the Lord speaks to Isaiah. He hears him for the first time. Other other than that, he's been talking. The seraphim's been talking. That's right. He hadn't really – he's seen God, mm-hmm. but he hasn't really heard from God. And then when he's forgiven, suddenly there's – there's he, he can hear God mm-hmm. for the first time. And then and then the Lord says, who will I send to represent us? Right. And it wasn't who am I going to send for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's inclusive. Right. It's inclusive. Um I think that's kind of important and and makes me feel more a part of it. Absolutely. And it probably gave Isaiah, mm-hmm. you know, the the answer to mm-hmm. the question, which was like, I will. Yeah. I'll be there. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. Which is cool. I mean, that, that to me is a beautiful – that's a that's the beautiful part. It just kind of hits me. Yeah, after that's all the spectacle, actually... and ask Father Justin. It's like, do the Hebrews really need all this spectacle in order to get their attention? But every time we tell a story, we we flourish. We add flourish. Yeah, right? yeah. And and you so know, these started, are oral traditions. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. so this probably started There's out simple and, and, and got like, oh well, let's have the hymn go all over the temple. And yeah, let's, and let's have smoke. Let's filling. describe the angels. Yeah. Like, I always wonder <laughs> sorry, why did yeah. why are the angels just, look? Why do they look like that? Why are they covering their mouths? Two yeah. wings? No, no, that's not freaky enough. Give them six. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. I just, I just love that. I just love this passage because it, it because it is a call to arms. And I feel like when I read it, and and the fact that you were the one who suggested it, Craig, I thought Craig's the kind of the person who started this whole conversation. Mm-hmm. What conversation? The one that we're having. Oh, well, no. <laughs> hey, man. I'm, I'm glad to be here. You raised your hand and said, hey. That's exactly right. I'm, I'm glad to be here. <clears throat> yeah. Like I said, every time uh, I get up in the morning and know on a Saturday that I'm going to see you guys and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna work this, mm-hmm. I don't know what the outcome is going to be. But yeah, we never I, know what we're going to say. I always, yeah. I always feel better. Yeah. yeah. I always. do, too. And it's, like, it's amazing. You guys yeah. are a tonic. Yeah. <laughs> You're a ton. And then when I read this, it makes me think: How mm-hmm. could we show up more? How, what ca- what else can we do? Well, here's here's the one, two, three of it. Yeah, I'm faulty. I'm 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 weak. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm I've got problems. I'm mm-hmm. not. I got unclean lips. I got unclean a lot of things, but I'm going to say lips just to kind of make that the <laughs> yeah. metaphor. Yeah. And then yeah, I look around the world. This world is shit. I mean, you know, it's it's really kind of crappy. Mm-hmm. I'm and I'm sitting in it along with all of these other poor sons of bitches. Mm-hmm. I and then forgiveness <laughs> happens, or hopefully, at least uh, at least in this story, it does. Mm-hmm. And you are given the strength to serve. Yeah. But I think you kind of have to open your eyes and realize the good, the bad, and the ugly of everything yourself, everyone, and just lament it, go like, oh, well, the hell is me, like Isaiah does. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, in order to 
feel God's forgiveness. And in this instance, it's quite powerful. You know, it's a very vibrant image of fire on the lips. I think that's what Isaiah is trying to say is that's, that's, that's when you know mm-hmm. you've gotten that forgiveness. And then the very next step is. Then you have the strength do, to now you do. Got, now you've got the strength to do something about yeah. it. And I think yeah. another point is hearing the voice of the Lord. And I think on, I personally think that the Lord talks to us all the time is whether we can actually hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of folks who they may have, you know, um, something happened in their lives and they don't realize that it's God speaking to them or God calling them. And um, you, so you have to have the ear to listen. Right. Um, go ahead. No. Well, I was thinking. So in the beginning of this, this section in chapter six, mm-hmm. um, this vision of the Lord Almighty and his seraphim, I'm sure Isaiah thought it was the end of days. You know, he was like, "This yeah. is it. This is it." <laughs> well, That's why he's like, "I'm screwed." Yeah, yeah. he's just like, <laughs> I, I've, "I'm a sinner and I'm screwed. I'm yes. not worthy. <laughs> this is a, this is overwhelming." <laughs> yeah, you know, you you have overwhelmed me. I'm overwhelmed with my own kind of like unhappiness about life. Yeah, you know, it's all too much. And then even when he gets cleansed mm-hmm. uh, with the piece of coal, I don't know if he yet knows that he that it's not the end. Because you would expect kind of at the end there to be some sort of reckoning, right? Right. And then he gets cleansed, and he's like, oh, my God, my soul is clean. Mm -hmm. Now I can go freely to heaven. And then God asks the question, Mm -hmm. and he looks around. He's the only person there. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to say anything, but he raises his hand and says, choose me. Yep, that's exactly right. And that's the thing, you know, you have to have the will to say, hey, I'm ready right now. Even, you know, it's not like, well, do I need education? Do I need this or that? I mean, I think Dr. King says you don't need a Ph.D. to serve. You know, you can serve right now. You have the ability to do it right now. Mm-hmm. So one of the people in the when we were in the Bible study, when we were <coughs> do, going through this, uh-huh. this woman, Karen, who I just adore, who is. <coughs> Incredibly smart, incredibly thoughtful. Uh, you know, when we having our discussion, I'm always interested in what she says. And so, Father Justin was asking, "Well, you know, when have you felt the power of God's forgiveness? And you know, you know, when when have you felt that life changing thing? You know?" Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of went like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, "I'm trying to think. I can't really, I can't really see an instance." And then Karen said something really that I kind of kind of felt she goes it happens in small ways yeah bit by bit incrementally at least from my experience change is a gradual thing Mm -hmm. to change one's you know perspective Mm -hmm. to change the way you you know approach each other and uh, yourself and god in the world it's in my experience it's it's very small and incremental, mm-hmm. you know, if you're trying to do it. Yeah. You know, sometimes, of course, change can just happen yeah. to you without, you know. You can get blindsided You can sometimes. get blindsided by a sure. seraphim. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but but you know. yes, often in many people's everyday life, you're that is where they. You're doing it bit by bit. Yeah. You're like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm yeah. going to get through this. This person is not going to piss me off today. I'm, I'm yeah. going to, I'm, you know, whatever. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get through yeah. this thing. You I, know? Sent, I sent you guys an article. I sent you guys a bunch of articles. I think sometimes <laughs> yeah. I think I just over... I, I just bombard you guys with no, stuff. No, I appreciate it. I like but, to know what's going on. So, but there's an article about a woman who's a Christian, 
and uh, it was dealing with Christianity and depression. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't know if you guys remember that. It was a woman, uh, I think the woman's name is Lakeisha Fleming. And she, um, to make a long story short, she was about to give birth to a baby. Unfortunately, there were complications and she had to have an, uh, not an abortion, yeah, but a miscarriage. A miscarriage. Yeah, yeah. And it questioned her faith. So, you know, when you talk about, you were at Bible study and Justin gives you the the question, when have you had like a miracle or something wonderful happen in yeah, your life? Yeah, like, yeah, that, that, that kind of like <clears throat> epiphany of yeah. like, oh, God's forgiveness. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm gonna, I, mean, I, I, I see it differently. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're beyond the days where we can see, you know, like seraphims with six wings and, and all of that what, stuff. You don't yeah. see them? No, unfortunately, no. <laughs> no I'm but I wake up every day. I have, you know, two legs, two, two feet, you know, mm-hmm. eyes and yeah. I'm ability to, you know, to go to work. I've had a lot of coworkers who at my age, you know, be felt were be just befallen with injuries, mm-hmm. even died, you know, um, and it just so b- bad thing happen bad things happen all the time. There was another yet another shooting that happened on Friday. Yeah. A teacher walked into class and he um he's still alive, but he took three bullets to save. Uh a bunch of children and uh, hopefully you know we'll be praying for him that he survives but so we see bad things happen and it's very easy to get back to this article to question well how can god be here and all these bad things happen it's hard for me to see the miracles i can see the bad things happen all the time that's the biggest yeah barrier to yeah. faith today. i mean thursday there was a march on washington by evangelical christians and none of it was on CNN, none of it blew up in the big news because, it, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. Oh, a bunch of Christians marching, you know, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. But I think the miracle, I agree with, you know, what um, your, what's the woman's name? Karen. Karen. Yeah, Karen Taylor. <laughs> hey, Karen, if you're listening. Yeah, Karen. Um, Hats off. I really, look, I really like your input. <laughs> but uh, I agree with her, you know, just the fact that we can function. I mean, each of us are having some issues with, you know, family, not to get too deep into it, but we're happy to be functioning, to be healthy. I was talking with a friend of mine, you know, uh, some folks years ago at our age, I think most of us are in our mid forties or, you know, in our fifties, mm-hmm. um, have all sorts of ailments. My biological mom died when she was 55 years old wow. and she was 55 going on 75, 80. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I, well, I think we need to remind ourselves. I mean, if, I, I know, I know it's, I know we'd, we'd like that. <clears throat> I'd like that, you know, big you know, like juice of faith yeah. to come right, punching right through through my darkness. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, man, I pray for that too. I was like, yeah, man, send, send me a sign or whatever. But um, but I think um, I, I also really like the idea that it comes in small mm-hmm. pieces because that's real. I mean, that's something, you know, that's something that we deal with on a daily basis. It's not – it's not not so, everything is a movie plot. Not everything. Yeah. Not everything is Isaiah, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. like in the throne room. And instead of instead of looking for the miracle, sometimes we have to be the miracle, especially well, if we're called. Remember, yeah. please. Yeah. Remember, please, that God is in you. That's exactly right. That if if you ever if you are looking and looking around and feeling empty and feeling, you know, I'm man, I'm unclean. I'm a piece of crap. God's inside of you, going like, um, I can work with this. Hey, listen. Uh, I, I, can, mm-hmm. I mean, I know, I know, I know what it is, but I can work with this. I can work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it's not great, and yeah, you don't feel like worthy that I can be inside your body as a light right now. But 
I'm working through you right now. I'm working with mm-hmm. this. I'm working through your inability, your mm-hmm. handicap, your you know, your misery, your depression, your you know, your mm-hmm. disappointment. Whatever struggle you're having. That's yeah, exactly right. You had a, you, you miscarried. Yeah. You know, that happened inside your body. Mm-hmm. I was there. Yep. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if we can just accept God's love, yeah. which is what Jesus taught. Exactly. Just receive it. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's yeah. working with you. And all your crappy things, it's still there it, trying yeah. to trying to hit the switchboard. Yeah. It's, you know? it's so easy <laughs> to focus on the bad things that happen in our lives. It's very hard, or we sometimes forget how blessed we are and what we have. Mm-hmm. And we can only work with what we have. I think you were talking, I don't want to get too personal or whatever, but you told a friend of yours, listen, I know you're going through some hard times, but focus on what you have. Get, you know, go through, get through your pity party. Get through, you know, your lamenting. Pity, like, I'm crying right now because I had this opportunity to help a friend. Yeah, you did. Wow. You kind of went to the <laughs> mat, didn't you? I cried so hard. Yeah, you went to the mat, Deb. But they couldn't see their own light. Yeah. Wow. And it was very difficult yeah. for both of us. Oh, and yeah. I don't know if he'll ever see his own light. But I try to remind him every day. Yeah. And wow. he's struggling. And he is in that place that you were just describing where he he doesn't hear the the light inside of him. And everything is negative And everything, everywhere he turns is bad. Wow, and, wow. And he doesn't see the, the good things. Yeah. Or the strengths. So it's just. Yeah. It's and when I, and when, I say, when I say pity party, I, I think what I'm trying to say is if you want to emote. Get it out of your system. I mean, I remember when my when my mom died. I mean, uh, you know, I, I talk about it ad nauseum. I know some folks are a bit sick and tired of talk, hearing about it, but I think it's important to, if you want to wallow in your misery, you, you can talk about your misery. You can talk about what's going on. I mean, that's why people go to therapy. That's why people have friends. Like, we have all expressed, you know, frustrations going on. That's what we're here for. I want you to talk to me, Craig and Deb. Well, it's, a you di- know. it's a direct part of life. It's, mm-hmm. it's I mean... We can deny it all we want or just tell e- ourselves and each other, oh, well, shit happens. Mm-hmm. But it affects every single one of us. Mm-hmm. This hope and this desire mm-hmm. for people to find love and to be able to share that love with them. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, but sometimes and it hurts when it, hurts people, when it doesn't happen. Yeah, but yeah. sometimes when people are emoting and yeah. releasing all of that that they've kept inside, it's terrifying. Of course, of course it is. It's terrifying, and you don't know how to deal with I it. I don't want to tell – I don't want to go in front of everybody in heaven and be naked and go like, I'm a bad, bad guy. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I have unclean lips. You know, I, I do – I can say it silently and think yeah. nobody hears me. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, when I think about – the kids who, you know, who are starting this movement, you know, against gun violence because they're tired of being afraid. Mm-hmm. When I think about the Me Too movement, who are tired of being victimized and being unheard, and, and other victims who don't have a voice, who don't have someone, you know, who in, who's lobbying for them in Congress or who can get in front of CNN. There are victims, you know, who are in the dark still. Mm-hmm. No one understands where I'm coming from or whatever. It's important to emote that, but it's important to... Find your way out of the darkness. You, you, you Latch on to some sort of light yeah. or action. Yeah. Or yeah. I mean, I, I think I told you guys that I ran away from home when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. And that was, of course, a traumatic moment for me. But 
And it was very funny. I mean, a cop said, listen, you have a choice. You can either go to adoption or you can go back to your parents. You know, what do you want to do? I made the choice to trust my parents and trust, hey, you know, things will be better. Mm-hmm. Despite what I've had to go through, this is my family. I love them. They love me. And we'll find a way. And eventually that did happen. I have no idea what would happen to Reg Clay if I didn't make that decision. That's the key, though, too, right, that there's trust. Exactly. That you've thought, I can trust in that. I have faith in that. that." And there's no corroboration. There's nothing, you know, we have in in court we talk about, um, what do they call it? Um, There's there's evidence. uh, There's direct evidence. And then there's... um, Oh, God, I'm, I'm flaking. But basically evidence that you can't confirm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what you think might happen. What you think might happen. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember t- asking you, uh, Craig, this is a couple of podcasts ago, how do you know Daisy loves you? Mm-hmm. You know, people can say I love you all the time, but that's just a word. Mm-hmm. Corroborated. It, it's uncorro- well, not uncorroborated, but um, you can't – you basically just have to believe. You just have to tr- just trust that it's there. You have to trust that – Tomorrow, the sun will shine. You know, mm-hmm. somebody in Hawaii, you know, the house burned down. Mm-hmm. And that's a traumatic thing because of lava. And, you know, that's that's just life. You know, <laughs> what can you do about that? But what are you going to do tomorrow? Are you just going to lay on the tarmac and just say, well, you know, that's it? Um, I might. <laughs> that's a possibility. For a little while. Yeah. I might. I mean, the, no, seriously, yeah. that, that's a, all, all that's a distinct possibility. But all I know is like. Yeah. You were talking about how it's hard to make yourself vulnerable. It's hard to kind of like, you know, you know, accept, you know, this dark darkness around you with your friends, with the people that you're trying to get to kind of like, hey, yeah, care about you, yeah. care about yourself. Yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and it's and it and there's no I, there's no uh, promise or guarantee that no matter what what intention you have is going to you know. Is going to have a payoff, mm-hmm. right? But I would say do it anyway. Yeah. I mean, what's it going to hurt? Mm-hmm. Shit's going to happen anyway, right? I mean, whether you participate mm-hmm. or whether you don't, yeah. W- make yourself vulnerable. It may be that one time that the other person hears you. That's exactly or right. They may, or they may have, or they may have heard something that just that you know that changes that, the way they think just a little that's bit. That's just altering yeah. this yeah. behavior enough. All you can do is open the door. If you don't open the door, you don't give anyone an opportunity to walk through it. Right. Now, if they don't walk through it, you can never say, I didn't give you that door to open. Mm-hmm. I, I talked to you just before we came, Craig. We were talking about moms, and I mentioned that there was a time where I didn't speak to my mom for 12 years. and But there was a voice inside of me that says, you know, if I keep this up, if I keep this my, my conveniently staying away from mm-hmm. the woman who gave birth to me, um, it could cost me my salvation. I mean, I just felt that. I mean, it didn't make any sense. The word I was looking for was circumstantial evidence. That's evidence oh, that cannot be corroborated. Yeah. Anyway. I think uh, we talked about this before, <laughs> you and I, and I said, like, well, 12 years, you were a different person 12 years later. You were more mature. Exactly. You know, um, you were able to understand, you know, that mm-hmm. continuing with the same attitude that happened during the initial yeah. falling out. Yeah was not being true to yourself the reg 12 years later the reg yeah. 12 years later mm-hmm. had some perspective 
Yeah. The Reg 12 years later had some maturity that the earlier dude right, didn't exactly. have. And know? talking about opening the door, I yeah. needed to open the door to allow my mom to say, hey, can you forgive me or can I forgive myself mm-hmm. for what I did when I was just a young kid and I didn't want to have a child anyway. And yeah. uh, I didn't ask to be a mother, but here I am. Mm-hmm. And I understand all of that. And I understood all of that, you know, in 1997. Mm-hmm. And we had a bonding moment, a loving moment. It was a moment that she needed. It was a moment that I needed. Mm-hmm. And it was a wonderful thing. But, of course, the work had to go on. You know, she had other issues that she had to deal with. And, I mean, all of us, well, we all have families we like all, that. We all have we things. All have but when like you're that. holding on to a negative memory or yes. a negative idea yes. or a wall, a mm-hmm. barrier to to supposedly protect yourself from things, mm-hmm. then you're not leaving room for love. That's exactly right. It's amazing how you hold on to the thing you can't have. You don't leave an opportunity mm-hmm. for something good to hold on to because you're still holding on to that bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like I look at this woman uh, in the article. Um, she already had three kids, mm-hmm. but she's lamenting the loss of you know what would have been her fourth kid. It's a sad thing to go through a miscarriage but look at the blessing you have. You still have your kids. You still have your husband. And she survived it herself. That's exactly right. I, know. I think I, th- I think if we can use this scripture to give us a toolkit that maybe, mm-hmm. you know, I know I didn't have growing up. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't I, I didn't understand um, growing up that once somebody, you know, did something to me, mm-hmm. or something that I disagreed with, or I felt you know it was this was you know. This was a, I, w- I was done wrong or whatever, that I need to hold on to that preconception of that person and that wrong mm-hmm. for the rest of my days. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think having the idea of opening your eyes to yourself, your faults, opening your eyes to your society and saying, like, you know, we're not good. We're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And then receiving love, being receptive to that love. You know, it just gets you out of that cycle, that round and mm-hmm. round of mm-hmm. just continuing <clears throat> to look at, you know, the negative, continuing to feel like there's a reason that person's my enemy. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you from the get go when it started. Yeah. You know, and why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it gets you out of that cycle of not being able to progress. Yeah. And the negative impact, the, the negative talk the negative conversation you're having in your mind Mm -hmm. is stronger than any positive conversation. That's exactly right. That's why, like, the news that bleeds leads. Yeah. 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 And I'm not saying saying that, I mean, it kind of looks like in this Isaiah, like, Mm -hmm. he is focusing on the negative. I I think we need to draw a difference between what confession Mm -hmm. is. Very good. And and what just... A pity party is. Yeah. I mean, he says, woe is me. I'm, I, you know, I'm of unclean yeah. lips. I really think we, I mean, I but really the, think actually mm-hmm. verbalizing it to this, yeah. to this Lord yeah. makes the difference between pity party yeah. and actual, I'm being real with you now, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm being, I mean, <clears throat> I am not putting on a fake, yeah. a fake, a fake thing. The, I'm the, unhappy with with this situation. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm cool. unhappy with the situation here, God. Yeah. The you cool. know, and and, mm-hmm. and that kind of confession. Yeah, is different than than uh, self pity. Why are you punishing? And the cool me? thing about that, that is, is, why are you? No, I mean, yeah. as the, yeah. the yeah. that's where people tend to go. Oh, the next, the next, the thing. next thing yeah. is usually yeah. these bad things happen to me. It's why am why, I being punished? Why, 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 that's exactly why. right. So in verse change five, it, change it, change it. In yeah. verse, yeah, in verse five, he says, "Woe is me! I have unclean lips." And then immediately the seraphim touches 
the lips with the coal, mm-hmm. he's off it. Well, I think that he doesn't like, focus like I said, on I it anymore. I think we need to really distinguish as what confession. That's exactly is, right. and and you know, it's easy to see why it would be kind of the negative. Yeah. You know. You know, yeah. Because you don't confess. Well, I guess you do. If you praise God, you confess like, I love it. <laughs> I love everything. Yeah. Well, you know, but, and when you were talking about the article about the woman that was questioning her faith. Yeah. You know, I hear that from a lot of people that aren't faithful, that they say, how can you how can you be a Christian when God lets Syrian refugees starve to death and these children, yeah. you know, get how hurt? Can, and how can, how can you believe can, there's divinity? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, well, and the truth is, mm-hmm. and I always end up by saying, because I believe, because I have faith. Yeah. That's it. That's the end. Yeah. And, and the That's my argument. <laughs> the but the yeah. interesting thing about the article is, and we talked about this during breakfast, the woman seems to believe that, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm absolved from this. I don't do sinful things. I don't do drugs. I'm not like, I don't do all sorts of crazy things. So I'm absol- I have a protective shell that God has given me so that I'm protected from evil or whatever. Things can't happen to me. So oh, well, th- I there's mean, her first problem. Well, th- <laughs> and this is my interpretation. You imagine how how many Christians believe that? Really they do. I agree. They yeah, do. No, they I think know. that I they have. They're the protected. People who go to church, get the sacrament, and immediately walk out, going like, "Okay, I got my got my flesh and blood." You know, sort of like taking a vitamin. <laughs> These right. people have never read about Job. Right. <laughs> Are we talking about Job? No. Did we talk about Job during uh, breakfast? Uh, I, don't, I don't want to talk about Job anymore. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, to think that they're immune or have a shield. Right, exactly. Against well, all God, bad things. I, I, gave my, I gave my tithes and offerings. I went to church. I confessed. I went to church. I hurt the, the, the pastor or whatever. Why did my car get towed? You know, why am I paying $500 or something to? Why, is it, why are bad things still happening to me? Yeah. Hey, pain it, yeah. is inevitable. I in mean, fact, almost every story in the Bible is, I'm struggling. Yes. God helps me. Yeah. <laughs> I may be crazy to think, but I really do believe that being a Christian sort of invites bad things to happen. I mean, not perpetually, <laughs> but I believe that your, your faith is challenged. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, hardly, it's hardly the straight path and the easy one. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's almost very messianic. I mean, you know, uh, Jesus... Immediately when he proclaims his faith, and it differs from what the Pharisees believe, you know, he's not going to do things the good old-fashioned way. That's when he he starts his path towards crucifixion, and he knows it's going to be painful. He knows it's going to be hard. He knows that people are going to turn his back from turn his back on him. In the Pentecost, you know, he kind of explains to the disciples, "Hey, man, I'm sending you out to do this stuff, but don't expect." Good times. Yeah, it's not Don't expect people to be receptive. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's going to be uphill all the way. Yeah. I mean, they're going to curse you and, like, disagree with you. Maybe even punish you and imprison you, kill you even. Yeah. And they may make your whole family suffer. Yeah. So, you know, understand that this is not a a party train. Right. You know, the party happened Mm -hmm. during my life. Mm Mm-hmm. And in order for, for other people to get a glimpse of it, you mm-hmm. have to work. The minute you, know? you tell someone you're a Christian, it's interesting what the reaction is. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's, oh, it, that's wonderful, that's great. And you hear in their minds, they're like, okay, are you going to judge me? Are you going to, you know, or, oh, that means we can't drink, right? Or, oh, I got to watch myself for, yeah. you know, you get these reactions from folks. And already the tension is there. 
Unless someone is already cr- – Those then, are good reactions. Know. I usually get, really? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, or yes. if they are a Christian, they're like, well, what type of Christian are you? Are you the Christian that believes what I believe in? You know, sort yeah. of the tug of war that we're seeing now with the, you know, religious right and the religious yes, left. Yeah. So it is not an easy path. And so I believe, you know, when, when we talk about, you know, being Christian does not absolve you from pain. It doesn't mean that you're going to get more pain or whatever, but – you sort of acknowledge that this is what's going to happen. It may even mm-hmm. hurt you more because you're hopeful. Right. Whereas other people that aren't Christians are more generally, in my obs- observation, more pessimistic. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> it's provided an interesting piece of clarity in my life. Uh, in, in, in my Be, life. Being a Christian. It, yeah, in my life personally. It's mm-hmm. given me uh, – because uh, my mind, you know – with or without Christianity, is always inquisitive. Why, why is that? Uh, this, this, this question makes more questions, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. I mean, it's always, it, it's always been like that. But if me. they're asking questions, then they're, they're willing to hear well, the answer. No, but, you know, I mean, I'm just – I mean, like, there's a point where you got to stop asking questions. You <laughs> yeah, know? But, um, yeah. but I, I haven't reached that yet. Sure. But Christianity, for some reason, gives me a clarity mm-hmm. to where I, at least I can go like, well, these are the good questions, and these are the ones that are just kind of like – you know, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, why is this happening to me, Lord? Yeah, well, that's. I think. I think we've gone. You know, through 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 our faith and through our trying to fellowship <coughs> and learn from other another uh, one another mm-hmm. and to learn from from yeah. You know, the gospels and so forth. I've under, I've started to come to understand like this question: Why is this happening to me, O Lord? Is useless and rhetorical. <laughs> You're absolutely uh-huh. right. You're absolutely right. That, so that. That, in essence, I mean, if you wanted to say, like, well, Craig, what do you get out of Christianity? Well, that's one. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't have to ask the, the needless, fruitless questions so much. It doesn't mean they don't occur, mm-hmm. but it just means, like, I've got deeper, kind of more meaningful mm-hmm. answers to seek yeah. other than that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, th- there are folks – I mean, I've had friends who – are they'll say they're agnostic. They're like, well, I don't know if I believe or not. They don't directly say, well, listen, I just don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. But it's funny. I've had some friends who, after saying they don't believe in God, they have a bad things happen in their life, and they're drawn to either prayer or going to a church or reading a Bible and saying, well, maybe I need to have something in my life that makes sense of, of what's yeah. going on, mm-hmm. which, which are wonderful things. And that opens up a lot of questions like, well, I'll tell you what I believe and, and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say? Shucks. I, uh, I also get a lot that. of those agnostics who are like, I believe in God, but I don't believe in churches, the people well, sure. in churches, oh, yeah. particularly that. of people who were Catholic before, sure. um, you know, don't like the Catholic church mm-hmm. organization so much as their religion. Yeah. And actually out of the three of us, only Craig has a church that he calls home. Right, that's exactly right. <laughs> At this point, yeah. <laughs> and you know, hopefully that'll that'll uh, change in the future. Although, yeah. uh, you know, I, I f- you know, this is sort of a fellowship right here. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. It is, and uh, I, I I appreciate it because um, it, it, I like the ritual. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I grew up with it. It's something I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ritual of the mass and mm-hmm. the Eucharist and so forth. I do, it's just something that kind of makes me feel comfortable. Yeah, you know, I I, I understand it. I feel. I, I, you know, I, I, I like saying things in unison with the congregation. I like yeah. that community. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know the difference between, you know, a mob 
sure <laughs> and the community and yeah. the difference between a, a church community and a social clique yeah you know and i and i think you know you never know i mean i may walk into that church next week and suddenly you know oh my god everybody's kind of like you know kind of being social and that's all or or i may not feel that oh sure spiritual connection with everybody yeah. i may have wanted it or maybe it's yeah. there maybe it's not there you know that could happen you know i mm-hmm. mean all the all these people who say like you know i don't want to go to a church because you know it's it's not really about faith it's more about just needing you mm-hmm. know to to do something together and that's true mm-hmm. people need that community people mm-hmm. need that fellowship mm-hmm. you know they need that connection and it doesn't always you know come out as like some beautiful you know right. kind of like uh, euphoric you know eureka yeah. you know yeah. kind of thing but the odds of it just having some penetration into my heart yeah and to give me some direction mm-hmm. throughout my daily life works for me yeah you know that's all <laughs> it yeah. just works and, and stru- good, structure you know? structure is important yeah. and getting back to isaiah I think there are, I guess, basically three things. You know, Isaiah acknowledges his sin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that he is, um, woe to me, I'm ruined, I have unclean lips. He acknowledges the, um, the salvation, the fact that he has been cleaned, he has been absolved from his sin, so he doesn't continue to hold on to it. And right? he accepts it. He doesn't like, e- exactly, oh my God, it. there's an angel coming at me with a piece of fiery coal. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. <laughs> and he acknowledges that he needs to act. He acknowledges the yeah. future. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the past, the present, and the future. He acknowledges the past sins, what he was. He acknowledges what's happening right now, his salvation. He acknowledges what he needs to do in the future. Mm-hmm. I need to go and do something. And you know Isaiah means the Lord saves. Ah. See, that's why we have Deb character. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have weird pieces of information that's in my right. brain. That's exactly right. <laughs> and, and, this is, uh, and this is like apparently according to... My little uh, Your mm-hmm. focus on Isaiah curriculum worksheet. This is a, the very first incarnation of the Holy Trinity, so that's kind of neat. Yes. You know, I, mean, I love that they say holy, holy, holy. And, and we sing that in, in a Catholic Mass yeah, and well, in Episcopalian. Yeah, it's, 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 holy, it's, holy, holy, Lord, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's part of the... Uh, it's part of when we do the Eucharist. When, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, with the sacrament. It's yeah. one of my favorite little things that they yeah. sing at church. Yeah. Every yeah. church has a little different, mm-hmm. you know, notes and riffs on it. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Confession, forgiveness, commission. Yep. Boom, boom, boom. Commission. There you, you know, go. You're right. You know, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're put on this planet to help one another, mm-hmm. you know. If you needed a reason, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's it. And it hurts. And it's. It's difficult because mm-hmm. you, you know, it doesn't always bear fruit. But it doesn't mean that your effort isn't appreciated. I certainly do. Yeah. And I'm I'm pulling stuff like that right now too in my life, and mm-hmm. and I need your prayers. I'm praying too. Yeah. I'm gonna cry now. And I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna I'm pray. I'm praying. Yeah. I'm, I'm with praying. You. I'm with you. I'm frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I'm not seeing results. Yeah. You're not seeing him in the time you want to see him or expect yeah. to see yeah, him. Well, it, should, it could be time later. Yes. It could be time later. <laughs> well, God's, God's in your corner, Craig. I mean, yeah. I mean you, we're in your corner. God, yeah. You're in, well, and you I'm you guys are in my heart, and, <laughs> and I see it. Yeah. I can see it, yeah. and I can hear it. Yeah. You know? 
It's circumstantial evidence, but there's enough proof. And I'll be definitely praying for your friend, Deb. Thank you. Yeah. I wanted to, before we close up, I wanted to really, um, I mean, I'll just touch on the rec- this whole Reclaim Jesus um, yes. thing. And I'll just read a little blip, blip of an article. Can you post a link to the I will. to his because, sermon uh, when ho- you post it? Hopefully this isn't the end of this idea. Right. Exactly. That's exactly I, I right. I was hoping this would be a gateway towards maybe something CNN would cover. Maybe we should do a local version. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this, nice. this is from the Christian Post. Uh, the Declaration, so th- there's a group called Reclaiming Jesus, a confession of faith in a time of crisis. It comes in response to what the leaders say is a time of moral and political crisis. And here's what the declaration says. And this is a declaration of multi-denominational ministers and preachers and bishops who are seeing, you know, bad things happening uh, within, I guess, uh, within Christianity within the United States. Here's what it says. We are deeply concerned for the soul of our nation, but also for our churches and the integrity of our faith. The present crisis calls up to go deeper deeper into our relationship to God, deeper into our relationship with each other, especially across racial, ethnic, and national lines, deeper into our relationship with the most vulnerable who are at great risk. And the statement rejects the resurgence of white nationalism and racism, oppression based on race, gender, identity, or class, misogyny, sexual harassment, abuse of women, policies that debase and abandon the most vulnerable children of God, and the pattern of lying that is invading our political and civil life, autocratic political leadership, and America First policies. It goes on and on, but you get the gist. Yeah. So I, I re- I'm, really, I'm really hoping that this Reclaiming Jesus um, movement keeps growing and growing and growing. It may not be as popular or as clickbaity as, let's say, Black Lives Movement or Me First, and all of them are wonderful movements, and I consider Which are really be a proponent of it. These are supporting, yeah. based on that declaration. Exactly, it is. It is supporting that, and it sort of follows. I mean, you know, when I created my little blurb on faith, I just did that, you know, based on what I was saying. But boy, this echoes. Yeah, it looks like absolutely. You, I thought I thought maybe you wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm so glad that what we're doing, we're not alone. No, and I know. Folks, we're, we live in a world uh, where there may not be more lies than there were before, but we sure hear about it all the time. And it seems like you should come to the conclusion. It's like, well, hey, you know, it's fact of life. People lie. What can I say? They're all liars. Mm-hmm. Anybody's capable of it. Yeah, there's no it. shame. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and you could really say that. But uh, hearing this and 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 – and talking with each other like we're doing, mm-hmm. which is real easy to do, folks. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more truth than you think. You know, we just have to televise that. Mm-hmm. We just we we can watch all the hate and all mm-hmm. the and all the ugliness on YouTube or or on our video feed or mm-hmm. our Twitter feed and listen to all the untruths and go like, ah, there's another one. There's another lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and 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 we could focus on that, but what if we stacked it all up? I think that there's a lot more love and truth than we know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I really do. I think we just are trained to kind of focus on the negative. Yeah, to see well, it we, as we, if we can do anything about it. 
we you know? we have a tendency of reacting to the negative things. I mean, right. immediately something bad happens. Right. We're glued to right. either CNN or whatever it is. I mean, I don't know if there's more or less racism in the world, but I know that it's it's the thing that we just see more of. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if it's more or less or what. There doesn't yeah. seem to be any shame or guilt associated with these things that we have in the past had negative connotations. Yeah. And there doesn't seem to be a balance of the of the beauty and truth right. with this negativity. Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, at least if it was 50-50. Thank mm-hmm. God the Obamas got that Netflix contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank goodness, even with all of the negativity, we have movements rising up. That's one of we the things. Know. If there's anything good to say about bad things, it gets people riled up to say, hey, this is not good. If there's milk spilled on the floor, that motivates the mother or the father or whatever to clean it up and say, hey, let's get the rag and clean it up. Okay. We're motivated to, to do things, whether it be the Me Too movement, Black Lives it, yeah, Movement, it's or amazing. Reclaiming Jesus. You know, I work with this group called Partnership for Safe Medicines, and mm-hmm. I interview victims of counterfeit drugs. So I'm always talking to moms who've lost their sons and daughters, Yeah, people who've lost their brothers and sisters to Wow counterfeit drug you know they thought they were taking a Mm -hmm. xanax and it was fentanyl and that's a byproduct Um, of the um the rolling back of i know the trump and trump administration you know obama the drug safety policy yeah the drug safety policies because a lot of folks were like well hey the pharmaceutical industry isn't allowing me to buy my medicine Mm -hmm. at a decent price i've got to go overseas and that's how this corruption happens. That, that is definitely one of the reasons why the market is open to the, getting that stuff in through our doors. But yeah. we're also not mm-hmm. changing simple things like, you know, any one of us could go on to – this is – sorry, folks. It's okay. But go for it. Any one of us could go on to Amazon and buy what they call a pressy and make a fake mm-hmm. oxycodone. It oh looks God. exactly like it. You just wow. buy it on Amazon. Yeah, well, what if, but, what, if yeah. you're, what if you're entrusting your pharmacist and paying top dollar and you had to choose like – between eating and your right and your medication, that's I'm talking about the world we live in where we need to start thinking about other people on a very very personal, yeah. visceral, collective level. Yeah. Well, you know? uh, yeah, I was saying that these moms, these mm-hmm. brothers, these sisters, they all want to raise their hand and say, "Don't let this happen to someone in your family." That's exactly. I'm here to tell you mm-hmm. this story so that it doesn't happen to someone else. Yeah. Man. And think about the psychology. That's the how psychology. you found out about all this. Yeah. Stuff, huh? Yeah. Well, I actually I I worked with the the folks who work on this nonprofit before, but okay. but no. So, but my my job with them is to interview these people yeah. who've lost their family members, and and without question, every mm-hmm. single one of them is like, we have to save another life, so we're going to tell this story. Yeah. Wow. Shall I add a link? I can. Do you yeah, have a link? I yeah. do. Yeah. I okay. Do. So we'll put a link on there. Okay. I was also going to think psychologically. I mean, there, there's an opioid epidemic going on. That's that's part of what this is. Right. Yeah. And I really believe it's so easy. I, I've heard so many parents say, oh, my God, my child is just acting up, going absolutely crazy. And a doctor says, instead of talking and here, here's a pill or, you know, someone's going through some sort of psychological thing. I think medicine is just too easy an answer. I mean, some people need medicine, but I think I think people are just getting way too over medicated, over medicated. But, that, but that's also because we have a stigma against mental illness in this country and yeah. in many other countries mm-hmm. where we where people are afraid to seek that kind of help yeah. and defer to medical therapy. Yeah. I just know that doctors, uh, at least in my experience with uh, uh, medication and, and depression and so forth, the doctors are all too ready to just sedate you. Yep. Yep. And rather Quick than and easy. rather than um, deal with 
you know, the cause. An, an upset person. Yeah. Right. It's like, well, we can just calm you. Yeah. And then you'll, and then you and I won't have to deal with you. It, it's hard work listening you know? and talking and trying to connect with someone. It's easier. Here's a pill. Go veg out. Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm trying to, Easy. I, I, I'm trying to get my mom off depression medication simply because exactly. it's, it's disabling her ability to walk because she'll get dizzy or, mm-hmm. or she'll be, you know, and, and then suddenly because of this, you know, because she doesn't get out of bed because mm-hmm. she's depressed and then she takes a pill and lays in bed. Yeah. You know? I would encourage and, everyone yeah. here who's going through depression or someone or knows someone who is to go to NAMI.org. It's the National Alliance for Mental Illness. There are free free classes there for you, for your loved one. You know, it, it's not – you don't have to be suffering from a mental illness to be, be to benefit from their programs. Mm. You can just be a family member or a concerned friend. I'll check it out. They have, they have programs there. Mm-hmm. I'll check it out. Yeah. I mean, it's an – you know, it's just another resource. And, and also I encourage everyone who feels like they're depressed to go outside. Exactly. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Just go outside for 10 minutes mm-hmm. and walk. Mm-hmm. And connect and talk and talk to people, you know, the people who really, really love and care for you. I mean, yes. like well, look what we're doing here. You know, we share all sorts of personal things together. And I know that stigma makes us feel like we need to isolate ourselves. Right. And we can't do <laughs> exactly. that. That's, exactly. That's deadly. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> <Very deadly. laughs> that's exactly. Deadly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, this this was a fantastic talk. We've talked, touched on so many things. Yeah, it's wonderful. Thank you, thing. Isaiah Six. Exactly. <laughs> Use me for your service. Here am I, Lord. I remember that. Can I say the prayer? Yes, please. Please. Um, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for all the support that you have given us and our listeners and everyone out there who who has faith in you. Um, I want to uh, ask you to give us the strength to continue to shine our light not only here on the air, but every day, and, and that everyone out there who is within reach of our voices um, looks for fellowship and prayer and, and your guidance to get them through any struggle that they perceive mm-hmm. uh, is in their life right now. Um, thank you again and again and again for this fellowship with Craig and Reg. Um, it's such a blessing. Um, in your holy name, I pray. Amen. 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 Good, good talk. All right. Faith is a podcast open to anyone. You may not believe it all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have had a horrible experience in the church, which has made you turn your back to God. You can still have faith. We ask you to listen to this podcast, even challenge us. Write Write us up on Facebook or SoundCloud and share what you feel. Don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible has been around for thousands of years, and even now, in the age of the Internet and social media and great technology, it still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes. Just open up your iTunes app, click on Store, go to the search engine on the upper right-hand side and search for you got to have faith, and you will find us. If you're an Android user, download SoundCloud, search for us, and you will find us. Also, I wanted to mention, I... Um, I have a Twitter account, Reg uh, it's slash new. Clay. <laughs> That's new. Um, are you guys on Twitter at all? No. Yeah. yeah. Didn't I follow you the other day? I think you did. Okay. So, I um, meant to. <laughs> do you want to give up your Twitter? It's D L C A R R I G R. Okay. D L character. I don't have one. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Maybe I'll be. Maybe. But yeah. So, 
Follow He'd us on garden. SoundCloud, <laughs> iTunes, and also uh, hit us up on Twitter and let us know how you feel. What is your Twitter feed? Reg, uh, Reg Space Clay. Reg underscore Clay. Underscore Reg Clay. Okay. Nice and simple. Thank you, Twitter, for allowing me to have my own uh, name. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know the Reg Clays out there. Thank you, and God bless everybody. God so. bless.